You are listening to The Gateway Church, located in Ferrisburg, Michigan. You can learn more about us by visiting thegateway.church or like and follow us on Facebook, where you can watch full services, keep up with all that is going on, and get connected. Well, today we're going to make it to Exodus 18. And in Exodus 18, we really see a turn in the whole book. It's kind of like a transition. And really from chapter 19 through chapter 40, it kind kind of starts this downward prologue kind of towards the end. And what we're going to see over the next several weeks, not so much today, is that Israel, God's people, they play a huge role in spreading the knowledge of God, of Yahweh, to the nations. And we're going to see that come loud and clear. And I want to encourage you every week to be in your Bible pre-reading next week. Uh, The pre-reading for next week is Exodus 19. And then the week that Pastor Rachel is preaching, that'll be chapter 20 and uh, so on and so forth. But uh, we want to encourage you to be doing that. So, so far, and as we come to chapter 18, we've seen that the Israelites have made their way from the Red Sea to Mount Sinai. And sometimes in the Bible, it's Mount Sinai. Sometimes it's Mount Horeb. It's the mountain of God. And there's been some themes along the way that are really important for us to have paid attention to. When they met or got to the Red Sea, the children of Israel, they're halted. The Egyptians are running after them, and they don't know what to do. But God provided a place of salvation and made their way through the Red Sea. Then they show up at Mara. Remember, they're three days in the desert without water. They find water, and it's bitter. And that place became a place of testing. And then shortly after, they moved to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palms, and uh, it became a place of rest. And then last week, we looked, the children of Israel are in the wilderness of sin. It's a place of provision. That's where God poured down manna, and not only for once or twice, but for years and years and years, for 40 years. And then on Monday... I posted a little video about Rephidim. There was a battle there that the Israelites had to fight, and Aaron Aaron and Hur held up Moses' hands, and it was a supernatural battle. As long as uh, Moses' hands were up in the air, the people of Israel were winning, and God helped them win, and it became a place of battle. Over and over, we're seeing loud and clear that if God were to speak over what the book of Exodus was about, he would say, I am the living God, and I care for my people. Moses has taught, or God has taught Moses uh, and the people that he can care for their food, for their water, he can fight their enemies, and now, in 18 in particular, God is saying, I am going to take care of my people. In church, I don't want to just make this about the Israelites. This is about us. God, he will take care of you. And I want you just to think as we go through the day, God, he helps each and every one of us. In fact, today at the, Mount of, uh, of the, the mountain of God, at the foot of Mount Horeb, it becomes a place of help. Everyone say that, a place of help. And with that, that has been a theme throughout Scripture. And really, there are so many places we could turn where God uh, is a helper and he is a provider. But I want you just to write in your, uh, in your journals, 
um, on the, in the margins here by Exodus 18. A uh, couple verses. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2 is the first one. It says this, I lift my eyes to the hill. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker, right, who made heaven and earth. I love that verse. In fact, I often, well, I got to keep moving. I've got a story, but I'm not going to tell it. Psalm 54, 4 is another one. Surely God is my help. The Lord is the one who sustains me. God is a helper. And the last one, just right in the margins there, Hebrews 13, verse 6. So we can say confidently, right? The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. Who can man or what can man do to me? Amen? These verses are life to us. We can trust God's word. And the truth is, and what we're going to see loud and clear today, is that the Lord helps us. He helps us. He helps his people. And this is good news. If you're overwhelmed today in any way, if you have a financial need, the Lord is your helper. If you have a physical need, God is your helper. Can I get an amen? Especially from the second row right here, this young man. Amen. Yes. If you're spiritually dry, God is a helper. He pours his spirit into us. If you're at a crossroads in your life, the Lord is your helper. If you're in conflict today, the Lord is a help. If you're in transition like Pastor Rachel or like the Algarias uh, or in any way, like, like we are as a church now with kids ministry, the Lord is our helper. This is not only great news for the Gateway Church, it's great news for you. It's great news for you. He is our helper. I want to take you back quickly to January 2nd of this year. It was first service, and some of you heard me tell this story. I was sitting on the front row, and service started. There were, there were, the worship team was here, and I looked around, and there were like 12 people in the service. And I kept, and I thought, my mind was like, man, like, what are we even doing here? Uh, Brandon, you're standing right next to me. And I, and I whispered to you, Brandon, I, I, a word I thought it was maybe just for you, but build from here. But as I've sat with that and I've uh, kind of experienced and kind of get a fuller view of what God was doing in that moment, I believe that God put that word in my heart for us as a church to build from here to build the base, right? With fresh ideas for through city serve and connect groups and mentoring and, and different things. And church, just fast forward just a couple months, we are hitting some huge goals. We the goal for City Serve, we thought about making a goal for a hundred and we're like, ah, oh, we better not, right? And Sarah, and, and, and we're gonna hit and exceed well over a hundred uh, this month, which is incredible. And uh, with with connect groups this last week, we had over 90 adults participating in connect groups. Give yourselves a hand. A bunch of you were a part of that. And even with staff transition happening, the Lord is with us. He is for us. The Lord helps us. Come on. Let's say amen. Well, in Exodus chapter 18, there were two things that jumped out at me. You can write these down. The first was that the Lord helps us to reach people, and then the Lord helps us not burn out. 
And both are critically important as we build from here as a church. And it's kind of nice when we get to 18, uh, instead of reading about trials and complaining and war, today it's a story, if you pre-read it or you can read it later today, it's a story of peace, really. And it's a place of family, connection, and it's nice to know that life is not always just trial and hunger and thirst and war, uh, but the Lord uh, is, is good and, and provides a place of peace. Well, today, the first first half of the chapter really highlights the idea that the Lord helps us reach people. Moses is reunited with his family. We meet Jethro again. He was mentioned earlier in Exodus chapter 2. Moses had spent 40 years with Jethro. But it's interesting here in chapter 18, it it would say Jethro, and then it would say the father-in-law. And we see that 13 different times in one chapter. You can read it and underline it. It's kind of crazy. Um, But the father-in-law, and I've got my father-in-law here uh, this morning, and so i got to be careful, right? Um, No, he's such a blessing, and uh, that that him and uh, his wife, my mother-in-law, are a part of the church. Uh, But anyway, Jethro, the father-in-law, brings Moses' wife and his two boys back from Midian. And you're like, wait, what? Didn't Moses' family go through the Red Sea? Haven't they been a part of the journey? We're not really sure. Commentators talk about uh, different ways. Uh, But at some point, Moses had shipped them off. And now they're at a place of peace where they invited the family back. And uh, what's interesting about Jethro is that in verse 1, it says that Jethro was the priest of Midian. And you say, well, what does that mean? Well, 100% sure we can know that it means that he was not an Israelite. The second thing is, is he wasn't a priest in the sense of serving Yahweh God. And so we don't know if he was a pagan priest or some other God uh, or some other religion. He's certainly from another place. And so there's some unknowns there, and we can take some liberties around that. But Moses greets his father-in-law and his wife, presumably, although uh, she's a minor in the story, invites them into his tent and starts to share all of the good things that have happened to the children of Israel. All the things, the first 17 chapters. And he kind of play by play is sharing what God has done and, and with the emphasis of what the Lord has done. He's not saying, oh, look what God has done or well, look what I've done. No, it's all about what God has done. He doesn't hide the difficulties. And we see a huge theme kind of uh, in this sharing it's, and the theme is the Lord's salvation. Like the Lord has saved his people. And when I read this and kind of let it sit in my spirit, I realized that Moses is an incredible example to us to share the good news about the Lord with our family. Before you sat down real close to you, you should have got an Easter little card like this. In fact, I want every single person to have one. And uh, Pastor Sean, uh, jump up quick. If you don't have one, just raise your hand. We're going to use this here. Uh, if you can find one around you. We've got some people that didn't get one. Uh, and it's an Easter card. And, and what I want to do is I want to realize that there are people in our family that may not know Jesus. In fact, if you have a family member, just raise your hand if you need one, uh, if you need one of these. If you have a family member, there's a couple in the back, uh, that does not know Jesus, and of course, we're not the judge, but there's a sense in your heart that they don't have a relationship with Jesus, I want you to stand right where you are. 
If you have a family member that does not know Jesus, I want you to stand right where you are. Wow, yeah. And our family's standing too. That's a big weight. I want to talk to those that are seated. For those that are seated, if you have someone in your life, a coworker, a friend, a neighbor, someone at the gym that doesn't know Jesus, so someone you know that doesn't know Jesus, I want you to stand as well. Yeah, that should be the most of the rest of us. And as you hold this Easter invitation, I want to challenge us. I'm challenging myself. Like Moses shared with his father-in-law the good things that God was doing, every single one of us have a story that we should be sharing. And we've got a couple weeks before Easter, and we want to do that. I'm going to ask Pastor Sean to pray over these cards and let these invitations be an example and a blessing as we leave here today. Uh, we're not done, don't worry. <laughs> but, uh, but I want to just pause and pray over these cards in our lives. Would you do that, please? Yeah, let's pray. Jesus, uh, we thank you for everything you do in our lives. Lord, we thank you for just this opportunity to just share our testimony with others. So, Lord, I pray over Easter coming up, Lord, I pray, Lord, you empower us to just be witnesses in our workplaces, in our families, Lord, and just everywhere around us, everywhere we walk, Lord, would you go before us and just put people on our heart, Lord, yes. to be able to share uh, this gospel. And, Lord, I pray you use our stories to yes. do that, Lord, you use us and just our workplaces and just again everywhere we are in jesus name i pray amen 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 you can be seated and tuck those away you can give those away we're going to have a ton of those next week as well so what happens in the story moses reaches his father-in-law right with the gospel with a gospel story saying hey this is what god has done right and so in verse 8 we see the testimony of moses uh, in verses 9 and 10 in chapter 18, we see, re we see Jethro actually rejoicing at the Lord's salvation. And then in verse 11, I want you to circle in your Bible uh, or highlight this. It says, Jethro actually says something amazing. He says, now I know that the Lord is greater than all the other gods. Because in this affair, they dealt arrogantly with the people. And so he says, now I know. And then in the very next uh, verse, we see Jethro, verse 12, he sacrifices a burnt offering to Yahweh God. What happened here? Jethro just became a follower of Yahweh God. And I just want to remind you that Moses has known him for over 40 years. And it wasn't until this moment that we see a faith decision. That should speak to those of us that stood, especially with family members. You're saying, well, I've shared before, or they know that I'm a believer, or they, you know, I, what else can I say? Moses is a great example. He led his father-in-law to the Lord. And the point is, for this morning, is that the Lord, he helps us reach people 
Can I get an amen? And we've got Easter right around the corner. And so I want you to think of your friends and your coworkers. Don't stop sharing the good news. And I get it. Sometimes we get afraid. We are like, oh, what am I going to say? Or what are they going to think? Well, I want to just bring you to Psalm 27, verse 1. It says, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? <laughs> the Lord is a stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Church, we are called to be the hands and the feet of Jesus. And God can help us to do this. And God is helping us to do this. And there's a story that has emerged, uh, a testimony from one of our very own, Michelle Boss. She serves with CityServe. Without further ado, I want you to catch her story. This is Michelle Boss, and I am um, a worker at CityServe. It was not kind of like a no-brainer to be a part of it, but um, I was kind of being torn in different directions of where, which I was supposed to go. And, um, and I'm thankful that God put me in this direction. A lot of it had to do with because of uh, my background. I uh, did a lot of shipping and receiving when I was um, younger. So doing inventory and um, merchandise, that type of things, was just kind of like uh, was up my alley. The one thing that I have to say, it isn't so much of doing the inventory and the merchandise and going um, and getting things prepared for other people. It's going and to the places that make you uncomfortable. And and in doing so, I met a young lady. And she called, she had a need, and one of those, and when um, asked if I wanted to go and take the, these, the, well, we'll start out with tennis shoes and socks uh, to this young lady. Um, she had just gotten out of, of uh, um, a correctional facility, and, um, and she needed a lot of things. And uh, so, uh, kind of hesitated a little bit because it's, a, it's an uncomfortable thing. It's uncomfortable. And, but it was a long way home and I said, ah, sure. And it was probably the best thing I could have ever done. I could have ever done for myself. As soon as I walked in the door, there stood this precious broken lady. And you could feel how broken she really, really was. And all you wanted, all I wanted to do was just hug her and just tell her how much Jesus loved her and that how precious she was. And I had a gift for her. It made me just his shoes and socks, but I had a gift for her. And we sat down at the table and we started talking. And I just kept telling her how much Jesus loved her. And I told her about City Serve. I told her about Gateway Church. I told her that we were just here to love on her. And we just and I just held her hands and I just talked to her. And, and, and it was time to go. And I, and I and I told her, I said, you need anything else? I said, if we can get it for you, I'll get it to you. City Serve makes you go beyond yourself. And make the decision of serving CityServe. I really, really prayed about this. 
because it, it's there were so many other ones, so many different ministries that we have here at, at Gateway. And, and they're all equally important. There's so big needs in our body. But one of the things that God really pressed on my heart was I needed to stay, I needed to be at the hands and feet of Jesus. Well, I still had the opportunity to have hands and feet for him. And I know that sounds really, really weird. Uh, when you have uh, rheumatoid arthritis, you know, sometimes you just don't know. Some days are better than others. And, uh, but God knows right now that's what I need to do, is just continue being his hands and his feet. And I, I hope others can please use the app. Please get out there and be the hands and feet of Jesus to people that may make you really uncomfortable. Because you just, you know, you don't know when you're walking into a situation, you know, how a person's going to respond. Just, just do it. Just be the hands and feet. Love people just where they're at. That's all we're asked. Come on, let's hear for Michelle Boss. And the beautiful thing that we're learning today from Exodus 18 is that the Lord helps us to reach people. We don't do it alone. And the point is don't stop sharing. Don't stop sharing, whether it's through City Serve or whether it's through your Connect Group or making it a priority to show up to men's, uh, the men's breakfast uh, for the next several months or one of the ladies' uh, game nights. Don't stop sharing at your kid, you know, get involved with your kids and with their school and maybe be on the parent board or volunteer with band functions or serve with your kids' dance academy or coach a team. The point is we are called to reach one more, and the Lord helps us to do it. He helps us reach people. There's another whole section of uh, what's happening here as well in Exodus 18, and let's go ahead and look at it briefly as well. The next section is that the Lord helps us not burn out. So not only does he help us reach people, but he helps us not burn out. And let me just tell you the story from a macro standpoint. I'm going to kind of work through these notes. Uh, I might do a little post tomorrow with a little more detail, uh, but for the sake of time. So in verse uh, 13, Moses goes back to work, and then there's this dialogue back and forth with Jethro and his uh, and Moses. And Moses is like, um, hey, I'm just doing my job. And Jethro says, you're not doing it right, or you're not doing it. Uh, you're you're going to burn out. You're going you're, you're to self-destruct. And, and then uh, we get a little unsolicited advice from the father-in-law. Uh, how many love uh, unsolicited uh, advice? You know, I know you didn't ask, but I'm going to tell you anyway, right? And, uh, and, and so we get this, and Moses isn't defensive. He actually listens to his father-in-law, and, uh, and then uh, as it progresses, uh, and this is a super quick uh, summary, but uh, 
Jethro provides a plan, and then is, uh, he says, look, you got to do this. Uh, find essential workers that, that can do the work. Uh, he says, find qualified people that are competent and full of integrity and God-fearing, and then delegate, right, to tens and fifties and a hundred and thousands. And what's great is Moses actually does it. And when you really understand what's happening here, Jethro literally saves Moses' life. And you say, well, yeah, okay, that's, that seems a little dramatic. Well, no, Scripture actually says it, that Moses' life got easier. I want to look at it. Let's start in verse 19. This is Jethro talking. He says, now obey my voice young son, right? I will give you advice and God will be with you. You shall represent the people before God and bring their cases to God. And you shall warn them about the statutes and law and make them know the way in which we must walk and what they must do. Moreover, look for able men from all the people, men who fear God, who are trustworthy and hate a bribe, and place such men over people as chiefs of thousands and hundreds and fifties and tens. So a lot of delegation there. And let them judge the, the people at all times. Every great matter they shall bring to you, but the small matters they shall decide themselves. And look what it says there. I've got this underlined in my notes and in my Bible. So it will be easier for you. Moses' life got easier because of the advice from his father-in-law. And then it says, and they will bear the burden with you. If you do this, God will direct you and you will be able to endure. And all this people also will go to their place in peace. And then you say, well, okay, how does it end? Well, verse 24, so Moses listened to the voice of of his father-in-law and did all he said. That's remarkable. And I know we just summarized all that in like three or four minutes, the whole second chapter. But the point is, God was saving Moses' life from burning out. And maybe you're in a place where you're burned out, you're overwhelmed. Maybe there's a place where you're, you're thinking, man, I don't know uh, if I can make it, if I can, you know, you know, hang on any longer. And we see this picture of Jethro stepping in and helping and was God's answer for Moses. It reminds me of Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 and 29. In the message version, it says this. It says, are you tired? Are you worn out? Are you burned out on religion? And then it's almost like Jesus, this is Jesus talking. It's almost like he leans in and he says, come to me. I love that. It goes on, it says, get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Isn't that music to our ears? God, God helps us reach others. He helps us reach the lost. But he also cares about us so we won't burn out, fizzle out, 
self-destruct. He helps us, and this morning, he wants to do just that. I believe it. I want to do two quick things. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to offer you the free gift of salvation. With every head bowed, eyes closed, if you're here in person or even online and you don't know Jesus and you're ready to make a faith uh, uh, confession saying that, yes, I'm putting my faith in Jesus, I just wanted you to lift up your hand right where you are. And I know this is, wasn't really a salvation message, although we see Jethro coming to the Lord and certainly today it could be your day. Uh, who in second service is responding to a salvation call? I'll just slip up your hand online, just put it in the chat and we will follow up with you. Anyone at all? I don't think I see any hands. So this is what we're going to do. I want you to just get your eyes back on me for a moment. If you're here this morning and you're tired and you're overwhelmed, stressed out, maybe there's transition or a crossroad or your life is in conflict in some way, and if you need the Lord to move in your life in those areas in particular, would you be so bold just to lift your hand and say, yep, that's me. Thank you. Yeah, 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 it's a lot. I want you to write this down if you didn't already. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28 and 29. Let's go back to that verse. Matthew 28, or Matthew 11, 28 and 29. And with our head bowed and eyes closed, I want to speak for Jesus here. And then we're going to pray. And then we got just a couple quick things to do before we leave. This is Jesus talking. Are you tired? Are you worn out? burned out on religion. Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Father, I pray that you just speak that over us, that we receive that in this moment. And God, that the weight will be lifted. And God, as we leave here in a few moments, Lord, that you'd go with us. And you'll help us to be effective to reach others. But Lord, you're with us as well. So we will not burn out. Lord, we thank you for this. We love you. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen and amen. Wow. Man, God is good. God is good. Let's go ahead and stand, and I want to pray a prayer of benediction and get you out of here. Lord, I thank you for what you're doing today. Thank you again what you're teaching us through Exodus, God, that you're a God that cares about our, our lives. Uh, Lord, you help us reach others. Lord, you also help us not to burn out. And Lord, I pray that we all would leave a little uh, lighter today, that the weight will be lifted. 
Lord, I pray that you would speak to our hearts in regards to mission and uh, moving our feet. Uh, Lord, for the Ukraine war and convoy hope giving as well. Lord, there's a lot that's happening. But Lord, we just want to say that as we leave here, we do want to be your hands and feet. And no matter what. And God, in order for that to happen, we're asking, God, that you would go before us, behind us, and all around us. Give us a great week ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Come and join us right up in the front for World Vision. Otherwise, we'll see you. Go in the grace of God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from the Gateway Church. If you'd like to find out more about our church, such as service times, giving, and ways to get connected, visit us at thegateway.church.